Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. And as I say most years, I don't think it's Good Friday. I think it's flipping Great Friday. (laughs) Because when you haven't known God and you didn't grow up in a Christian home, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, didn't know God. When I put my faith and trust in God, didn't know if He was real, didn't know if He existed. I just had a thing in me as a child that there was something more to life, something more to my life. And, uh, and I grew up in a very broken, painful family. Uh, God had a plan. He's always had a plan. Had a plan for me, has a plan for you. But He is looking for us to respond. If you respond to God, He'll respond to you. If you respond to God, He'll respond to you. And so uh, end of my teen years, I responded to Him. And uh, God has been doing a wonderful work in my life and, and Sue's life for decades now. And we're just so grateful to God and so grateful for His sacrifice on the cross for us that we can be saved. So I was thinking about Good Friday this year and I was just thinking, you know, you think about what you're going to speak on, what you're going to say. And I just was thinking about the world we live in right now. And I know everybody relate to this, but the stuff that's coming at people and happening in our world, it's just is unstable. And... Uh, it ends up causing many people to feel unstable. And I know there's people here right now, you're not sure of tomorrow. You're not sure of your life. You're not sure of your future. You're not sure where you'll be. You're not sure of what's going to happen. And the Lord just put in my heart that that word sure and surely is really His kingdom. And that actually the definition of the word sure or surely is confident, firmly, unerringly, I like this one, certainly without doubt. Even though you'll have doubts, doubt your doubts. But you can live surely and sure-footed. When when they say sure-footed, it means stable, standing strong. When everybody else is losing their mind, everybody else is breaking down, everybody's falling apart, you're standing sure-footed. You're standing strong. And you're moving more and more into who God has called you to be, who He's designed you to be. And I need to let everybody know tonight, one of the greatest surprises for me was that I was actually created with a plan in mind. Why do people take drugs, alcohol? Why do people do all kinds of things to hurt themselves? Why? Because they don't know why they're on the planet. And the two two greatest days of your life is the day you are born. That's a good day. Second greatest day when you find out what you were born for. And people will abuse themselves because they're lost, they're confused, they feel like there's no hope, there's no purpose. And, uh, and abuse, if you, I'll just tell you what I discovered that means. That means abnormal use of who you are meant to be. So if you're abusing yourself, if you're hurting yourself in some way that you know, and maybe nobody else knows, I want to tell you it's because the enemy's at work to cause you to abnormally use yourself when God has designed you with something strategic, specific, powerful, fulfilling, and huge in mind, in Jesus' Name. But I wanna go right now to to Matthew 27, because it's Good Friday, Flipping Great Friday. 
where we'll just read from God's Word really about the fact that the God that we are serving, He's not a fly by night. Surely He is God. Let me just read to you, Matthew 27. It says, And sitting down, verse 36, Matthew 27, 36, Sitting down, they kept watch over Him there. Above His head, they placed the written charge against Him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. We saw that tonight. Two rebels were crucified with him, one, of his, one on his right, one on his left. Those who passed by Jesus, he's hanging on the cross. They hurled insults at him, shook his heads at him, heads at him saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. So they're challenging Jesus to come down off the cross. And they say, come on, come down from the cross if you're the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the laws, the elders joined in, they mocked him as well. He saved others, they said, but look at him, he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I'm the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. All sides are abusing Jesus. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, He then gave up His Spirit. What does that mean? He gave His Spirit to His Father. That moment, the curtain of the temple, the Jewish temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, here's that word again, surely He was the Son of God. Everybody right here, they're all now mocking Jesus. He'd ridden into Jerusalem triumphantly on a donkey only days before, and now the fickle crowd, what are people like, have turned against Jesus. Yet one centurion sees everything that's happening and he makes the declaration that most are missing. Surely this was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Everybody, you can be sure tonight that the God we're talking about is alive and that He was the Son of God. What I love about the Christian faith is I didn't come into it and then sat there and had a, hey, I need to learn this over and over again. And I've got to say this and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and do this and do that and do the other. No, I had to open my heart to God and tell God, I can't be good. I can't be holy. I can't be one of these holy people. <laughs> and if you're there, I need your help and your power. And when I said to God, I need it, God goes, boom, there it is. And God began to empower me and help me. Though I fell down, I, had, I got back up, fell down, got back up. God kept saying to me, dust yourself up, go again. 
in my brokenness and my imperfection and God empowered me to get out of a broken life and into a new life. This is the difference between Christianity and all other religions. You actually aren't doing it. All you're doing is agreeing with God. He's empowering you to live for Him now. It's supernatural. And all the other religions have ways to God, what things to do, do this shopping list, do that. And Christianity is the only one where Jesus said, I've done it all. It's finished, done. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in my work. What I did on the cross, you are saved. Surely you're saved. (laughs) Also, Jesus is the only one who rose from the dead. All the other so-called gods that everybody worships, they're dead. Even Buddha, uh, he never ever claimed deity. People deified him. But Jesus said, I'm the Son of God. (laughs) And they were stoning him in John 10, 33, because he declared he was God. They were crucifying him because he declared he was God. So you need to know he's alive and risen. And like me, I'm just one of millions and millions and millions of people in this generation who are broken, who are blind, who are lost, who didn't believe in God, didn't know God, didn't understand God, who today serve Him and follow Him. And it's not because of a university course, it's because I got my BA, my born again. (laughs) You may have your MBA, great, fantastic, that's awesome. But more importantly, you need your BA, you need to be born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you begin to live a life that is sure. (laughs) And by the way, you can be sure Jesus rose from the dead because if He didn't, there's no way we'd be here tonight. Jesus didn't rise from the dead. This church is gone. Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Churches all over Perth right now, gone. Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Churches all over Australia, gone. Why? Because they would never have grown. There would have been no one there because Jesus was dead in the tomb and the disciples would have ran away. They would have all gone, get out of here. They're gonna try and kill us. The whole thing would have fallen in a hole. And instead, in the next 10, 20, 30 years, the church grew to over 200,000 people. Why was that? It grew to that because the disciples saw Jesus risen from the dead. Rather than running away, all of them ended up being martyred, killed for serving and following Jesus, except for John, who they tried to cook an oil and ended up exiling him to a Greek island where he hung out sunbaking for a while. And then God gave him the book of Revelation, which was pretty cool. But they couldn't cook him. They tried to cook him. He wouldn't cook. It's a problem when you're trying to cook somebody, right? And they won't cook. Everybody else ended up giving up their life for Jesus. Why? Because they saw Him risen from the dead. (laughs) Risen from the dead. The early church had no other reason to grow. It would have just disappeared. Instead, it was growing. And the main people coming were Jews who were, um, there was nothing in it for them. They lost their social standing. They were cut off from their families. Uh, Many of them were giving their lives. Then all the Gentiles in Rome were going to a place called the Colosseum. If you've been to Italy for a pizza and a holiday, you'll see this little Colosseum where it's huge, where they killed multitudes of Christians who drove Nero insane as they walked into the Colosseum singing worship to God. It was like a worship concert as everybody was being killed. They couldn't kill them. And, he, and, it, and the history bears that Nero walked around. He was so angry because all the Christians, when they were dead after he'd had them killed, were all smiling. And he's like, what the heck is happening here? And he went quite mad from all the Christians who were smiling and worshiping God, even as they were being killed. Why is that? It's because Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead and He lives in me.
<laughs> you can be sure of his impact on history as well, everybody. For all the history buffs, I like a bit of history. Actually, I like quite a bit. It's good to study because a lot of people just make up their ideas about, oh God, church, Christianity. Oh, really? Go and do a study. Go and do a course. Go and study for 10 years. Come back and talk. We'll talk later. Because you're not sure of what you're saying until you've really looked into history. But when you look into it, you go, oh my gosh, what Christianity has done is incredible. Greatest art ever painted, Leonardo da Vinci, hello, to Jesus Christ. Greatest music, Handel, Bach, Mozart. Who's the music written to? Who's it inspired by? Jesus Christ. You need to know even the country that we live in right now, the freedoms that you have, which most people dishonour, oh, Christianity, whatever. Yeah, whatever, the whatever that they dishonour is the foundation for that you are not under a dictatorship right now. So many countries right now, North Korea, all these countries, they've got, they got dictators in place. We have a democracy. Where did that come from? The Bible. Why do we care about people? The Bible. I just looked at a few things today. William Wilberforce, his Christian faith, when he became a Christian, compelled him to give 25 years of his life he devoted in the British Parliament to fight and abolish the slave trade. 25 years. And he died three days before they, hang on, he died three days before, oh, hang on, no, sorry. Three days before he died, he heard that they had abolished slavery and they'd passed the law in the House of Commons in the British Parliament after 25 years. So he abolished it. Who abolished slavery? Christians. Who set up the RSPCA or the dog lovers? Well, who set it up? That was the Reverend Arthur Broom. He set it up in conjunction with William Wilberforce, the care and looking after animals, which the Scripture talked about. British Lord Shaftesbury began to campaign for better working conditions and provisions for the mentally ill and disabled. Why? Because he was a Christian and God inspired him to do it. John Locke, who was also a Christian around 1700, he declared life, liberty and property and uh, to all people and that all mankind is equal. They never ever before that talked about people being equal. And he said, no, in God's eyes, we're all equal. And he said, life without God was unintelligible and morally vacuous. He needs to come and be alive today. <laughs> John we Josiah Wedgwood, he worked to abolish slavery as well with William Wilberforce, where you get Wedgwood um, crockery from, so beautiful, from Britain. And he also worked to make sure that factories had better conditions in them across the UK. Hannah Moore was inspired by God as a Christian to set up free schools for the poor. Elizabeth Fry was a Christian. She was inspired by God and His Word to work for better treatment for prisoners. Where is everything coming from, everybody? It's coming from the God who's alive. <laughs> Jesus Christ and His Word. Anybody ever been to hospital? Three people. The rest of you never. That's fantastic. <sighs> Leaving those accident and emergencies quite empty. That's good. Florence Nightingale also inspired by God to set up hospitals and care for the sick. Before she got involved, people would get sicker going to hospital. You would catch everything in hospital. She gets inspired by God, go and do it with excellence, clean it up, care for patients, because I love people. And uh, Florence Nightingale changed the hospital system around the world and the care for patients. And by the way, many of the patient, uh, people who care for you in hospitals around the world are Christians. There we go. Not all, but many are. Listen, everybody, these people are gone. They're dead. Their time is gone. It's your turn now. This is your turn. This is your moment. This is your hour. It's your turn. This, 
Good Friday to make a decision and go in the moment that you're on the planet. It's a short moment that you live your life and you make a difference in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Look what Psalm 39 says about your life. It says, When you discipline a man or rebuke with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Wow. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Be sure, is what the Bible is saying, be sure again, be confident you're a vapour that's appearing right now and disappearing. Even as your life's on the planet right now, you're a vapour appearing and like a breath out of God's mouth, you are already disappearing. Sorry, everybody. Botox just won't do it. (laughs) You're here for the moment. And what you do and how you respond to God is what is so important. But you're like a vapour, appearing, disappearing. Right now, as I said, these people are gone. There's many people here right now. God wants to take your life and use you. God wants you to leave, hello, a mark for Him. Not for me, for Him on the planet. And, be, and I can do that because I'm sure of who I'm following. Here's good news as well tonight. Maybe you feel vulnerable in your life. You feel like I got no one caring for me. I feel so vulnerable. I don't think anybody really cares for me. Well, here's a good one. Sure protection. Psalm 5 verse 12. I love this. Sure protection. It says of God, for you bless the righteous. That's those who've got born again, put their faith in Him. You bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him or her with favour as with a shield. God puts favour on your life. That's like a shield. It's protecting you. I got people in my life and I'm like, how have they got so much favour on their life? How is that protection there? Listen, they have sure protection because they know who they have made their Lord and He is well able and sure in His Word to take care of them. If God can take care of them, He can take care of you. (laughs) Come on, He can take care of you. Surely God will help you now. Proverbs 23, 18 says... There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. I love that. Surely everybody, there's a hope for you. You haven't gone too far. Life's not happened too much. There's still hope for you. Your hope's not been cut off. When you serve the Lord and put God first, listen, God is working for your future. Psalm 54, surely, surely again, God is my help. Oh gosh, God has been helping me for 42 years. Helps me in my life, helps me in my day, helps me with our church, helps me, hello, to walk with Him, helps me with my family, helps me with my friends. God is my help. And the Lord is the one who sustains me. Some of us, we need, we need His sustenance. Some of us are roller coaster people. This is our life. Roller coaster. Woo! Anybody who gets near you is on the roller coaster with you. Some people, some people are like, I don't know what happens when people in my life, it doesn't go well. It's because you're on a roller coaster. People get near you and they're on the roller coaster. Listen, God wants you off the roller coaster and He wants to just take you into a new place of stability. Stability releases your ability and then God wants to sustain you. Sustain your stability and sustain you in, in going forth in your life in Jesus' Name. Woo. <laughs> you can be sure as well, everybody today, because I know there's people here right now, you think, oh, I've gone too far. I can never be a Christian. I could never know God. I've done too much. I've gone too far. I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too bad, I'm too old, I'm too proud, I'm too set in my ways. 
all these things. Well, Isaiah 59, love it. Got a scripture for you. And it starts with surely. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is His ear too dull to hear. Verse 2, God nails it. Your iniquities, your sins have separated you from God. They've hidden God's face from you so that He won't hear. But remember verse 1, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short. His ear is not too dull that He can't save you and hear you now. God can save you and hear from you now. Even though your sin has separated you from Him, God's saying, hello, my arm's not too short. I can still work with you now. I can still speak to you now. I can still touch you now. But He's looking for a response. Too many people in life, when life shuts you down, can I encourage you? When life is, life's been difficult, life's hurt you. I get it. I was there. Don't stay like this in your life. How many people miss life, miss a future, miss God, miss hope, miss possibilities because they just go like this? Everybody, can I encourage you? Shake that off. Shake that off. Your life's too valuable. You got too much time, too much to go, too much to learn, too much to learn. I used to think, oh, I knew everything when I was 19. Then I discovered I knew nothing. And now, after 42 years learning and studying, I'm discovering, oh, I know a little bit. And I still got a long way to go. Shake off this, everybody, and go, I need to start. I need to move forward into what God has got for me. So He can save you. He can, he can move in your life tonight. If you think it's too late, He says it's not. In fact, with God, it's just the beginning. Here's the good news for everybody who's put their faith in Christ. This is so good. This is so good. Matthew 28, 20. He says, And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And look what Jesus says. And surely, definitely, firmly, truly, to those who put their faith in me, I'm with you always to the very end of time. When you go home and your house is empty, God goes, I'm with you. When you get into bed, you feel lonely, God goes, I'm with you. When you go to work and then you lose your job and you're like, oh, I lost my job. Oh, it's terrible. Does anybody care? God goes, I'm with you. I can help you get a new job. <laughs> when that relationship goes wrong and you're like, oh my gosh, all oh, my hope was in that relationship. God says, hey, hey, no, no, put your hope in me. And I can bring you a better relationship when I'm the centre of it, because surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. <laughs> so surely God wants to save you in this life. Thank God He saved me. He rescued my life. I'd be definitely be an addict or something today, definitely. God rescued me and gave me a great life, but He's also saved me for eternity. This life is so short. But eternity is forever. Listen, how do you know once you've made a decision to follow Christ, how do you know that then you're really saved? How do you know my eternal life is really right? God's Word again. Isaiah 12. Here we go. Surely <laughs> God is my salvation. Surely He's my salvation. I can trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength, my defence, and He has become my salvation. My eternal life is sealed in Him. Psalm 49. But God, look at this, is good. 
God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. Wow. Good news, everybody. None of you are dead in here tonight. We'd know because we'd have to get an usher over to you. But one day you'll be dead. And the Bible says, but God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. What does that mean? God will regain possession of you. When you've been born again, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He's your Lord and Saviour. You put your trust in Him in this life. God, the Bible says, God's going to regain you. You're His possession. Come with me. Come with me. He's going to go there. He's going to go, Div, come with me. Jazz, come with me. Luke, come with me. Bianca, come with me. Jordan, come with me. I'm regaining my possession. And He says, and He will, there's that word again, surely, Take me, take you, who's born again, to Himself. Ooh, how good. God's surely going to take you to Himself. You need to get like a little excited about that, right? Like, surely. (laughs) Woo! God's going to take you to Himself. And wherever He's going, that's going to be fun. I'm going to be in the R&B side of heaven. And on weekends, classic over here. But anyway, that's another story. I go with Him. I go with Him. I've already sealed my destination. I'm going with Him. And look at 1 John 5 too. It's going to finish with this scripture. 1 John 5 nails how you know if you have eternal life. Bible talks about eternal life without Christ. Scripture describes it. It's not. It's. It's not good. It's horrible. Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't have to come. If we could just. If you and I could be saved by being good, there is no way Jesus would have gone on that cross in a million years. If you could be saved because of your goodness, you're nice, you're friendly, you're kind, your virtue signal, you do all these things. You, Jesus, would never have gone on the cross. The only reason he went on the cross is because you cannot be saved without him. That's it. That's it. And 1 John 5 nails it. It says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God, look at this, does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. He who has the Son, surely, I'm just adding it in, has life. He who does not have the Son of God surely (laughs) does not have life. These things I've written to you to those who believe in the name of the Son of God. Tonight, everybody, I'm going to just lead a prayer. It's a short prayer. It's a similar prayer to the prayer I prayed decades ago. But what happens, the difference between me and quite a number of people is I I became a Christian. It was logical to me in reality because what I said to God is if you're real I'm going to pray this prayer put my faith and trust in you you've impacted the world history you spoke for three years how you changed the world in three years I have no idea I'm still trying to get my driver's license well done (laughs) it's like well done God and I was like okay if you're real then obviously you made me you've got a plan you have something created me for something then if you have that, done that, then I'll have that. Um, if you can give me hope, I don't have any hope. I like some of this Christian hope stuff they talk about. So I need hope. And then I said, and also definitely if eternal life is real, then I want to receive it. 
And I said, and it looks like Jesus, it's all in you. So it's just logical. So logically I went, okay. That night as I prayed that prayer logically, but I definitely opened my heart and said, God, if you're real, I'm up for the deal. God saw my heart and that night, Jesus came into my life. I didn't out know the outworking of that till the next morning when I sat in the bath for three hours and cried. That's another story. But by the end of the week, I knew, no one told me. My mother told me God's gonna save you, whatever that was. She meant I'm gonna become a Christian. But at the end of the week, no one told me and I knew I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm surely going to heaven. I felt confident even in the midst of poverty and problems. I felt sure something good was gonna happen. Didn't know how, didn't know where, didn't know when, but I just felt confident and felt sure God's got something in store for me now. And I had this hope come that I was sure I didn't come up with because I had no hope in myself and I was sure it was from God. Then I went, I'm gonna go to church again because I'm pretty sure God's up to something. Can I tell you tonight, everybody, I'm sure God is up to something in your life. (laughs) I'm sure of it. (laughs) And let me tell you, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, we're so glad you're here. But I want to tell you this, whether you picked up a leaflet, you looked online, whether a friend invited you, a relative invited you, I am sure that behind that invitation was actually the Son of God. Jesus was saying, I'm inviting you now. I'm inviting you to my house. I'm inviting you to hear this message. I'm inviting you because right now you're unsure and Jesus is saying, I wanna save you so you'll live sure. Sure of my love, sure of my goodness, sure of your eternity, sure of my hope. So what I'm gonna do everybody, we're just gonna sing for a moment and then I'm gonna pray. Can I encourage you? Don't miss the moments. Don't miss the moment. This is a moment set up in eternity for you. I'm just the signpost that God's using today to say, here He is. (laughs) And pointing to the fact that I'm sure that when you follow God, oh my gosh, your life is gonna become, wow. It's gonna become sure, sure sure-footed. Peace is gonna come, hope is gonna come. Some of you are gonna start living lives that you never actually even dreamt of because of the goodness of God. Because I want to tell you right now, I am sure of the goodness of God for you. Come on, for you in Jesus' Name. So can we stand up right now? We're going to worship the Lord, then we're going to pray. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.